Hello, I'm Alex Runneman with Living Unleashed, and I'm here with Mandy Curry, who's co-founder of Healthy Kids, Inc. Mandy, thanks for coming on the program. Oh, Alex, thank you for having me. It's really great to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you and explore a little more about what you're doing. You're you're doing some really cool stuff, and I think like it's cool everywhere, but it's really cool in in our area here in North Central West Virginia, um, where you know you you throw a dart at the map and you're going to hit a food desert, and you know that. So the things you're doing around food are really cool, and I'd love to start there. We can just talk, you know, Healthy Kids Inc. Um, you know, w- what is Healthy Kids Inc.? What what is it that you all do? Sure. So, um, so my husband and I started Healthy Kids Inc. We're about 13 years into the business now, but it's had many iterations over the last couple of years. Um, we live here in North Central West Virginia now, but at the time we were living down in the Hurricane Putnam County area when we started our business. Um, I was in banking at the time. I was 20 years in banking. I'm a finance major. And then we started Healthy Kids Inc. because we were just desperate for healthier solutions for our family. We had two young boys who were two and four at the time. Um, now the boys are 16 and 18. So it's like changed a lot, of course, over, over the years. So it was a solution to help families. So that's always been our love. Um, has just been working in what we would call this public health space in West Virginia. Um, again, it's had many iterations over the years. Over the last, I would say about six years since we moved to North Central West Virginia, back to our hometown of Bridgeport, uh, we then started working on more food systems work. And so we were doing more uh, food systems consulting, starting to really understand food in these areas that you're speaking of, these food deserts. Um, and so now it has transitioned into an an opportunity to begin to prepare meals for kids and other audiences. So it's like the dream, it's the culmination of all of it over the last 12 to 13 years is now going into an, you know, a product that children are consuming every day. And that's been pretty magical for us. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. so we've mentioned a phrase, I mentioned, you mentioned food desert and mm-hmm. that, that kind of gets to the why. I mean, why, why do we need this kind of service in this area? What, what's, mm-hmm. what's so What's the need, I guess? Oh, for sure. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's, and maybe it's just our, our culture, it's generations. We are just all so busy that we naturally, just as a, as a culture now, just, you know, are always looking for those quick solutions. And in our space and what we're doing right now, we are preparing food for childcare centers in the North Central West Virginia area. They too have experienced these same challenges so, for example, in the child care center space, um, they have certain guidelines that they have to meet for the meals that they are providing. If they want a reimbursement for the foods that they are for the meals that they are serving, they have to meet these guidelines. Well, in many cases, these child care centers, um, it might be the director or a teacher who is teaching the class, but then has to step away to make the food. Well, if you're trying to juggle kids and food and all of that then you know what you get. I mean, it's as easy and quick as you can make it. What can you pull out of the freezer, throw into the oven and make within 10 to 15 minutes? So the same things that we're having, the same challenges we have in our houses, in our homes with our own kids, in many cases that's happening in childcare centers. Um, Even you might see senior centers, schools even. We have just gotten so used to having the quickest foods that we can create. And so we just set out to not play in that space. So everything that we are preparing is all from scratch. So everything is is from scratch that we're doing. So 
um, you know, tomorrow it's it's a slider. It, tomorrow's a sandwich slider for a Friday, but we're in the kitchen right now making the slider buns for the kids using an organic flour. So there's no chemicals and pesticides in that flour. We're making sure that the kids aren't getting any harmful chemicals that they don't need. So those are the types of things that are important to us and what we're working on every day. But that's but the part of it is that's hard. This isn't an easy model. And it takes a lot of effort and skill and time and creativity. And for most, we just don't have that time. So food deserts now, I mean, we, you know, we're working with what we've got. You probably see maybe Dollar Generals or other places in these food deserts who are trying to help to fill those gaps um, of, of getting food to the places that need it. And so that's a role that we are playing as well is getting food to where it need, to where it needs to be. So right now we're preparing hot meals every day, but we are also working and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but we're working on another solution that will allow us to help these food desert areas even more. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You know, so food deserts, obviously, if you're listening, you don't know that's it's, it's access to healthy you know, produce and, and invest with the great things. But yeah, I didn't really think about it. There's also the scarcity of time, to your point, and and the ability to put some of this stuff together. Um, and then you look at, at what is quick often isn't the best healthy healthy choice for us. Um, man, I love what you guys are doing. So so all right, so you, you've got this going, and I see you know we see this side the central kitchen. How does how does healthy kids? What what does it evolve into? What does it drive you from there? So about four years ago, we were working with a public health partner um, out of Charleston, and the group is called Keys for Healthy Kids, and they have been working in child with childcare centers for about as long as we had been working um, with Healthy Kids Inc. So we had had many um, partnerships over the years. They received a grant from the Benedum Foundation to test the concept of whether these central kitchens across the state, if we centralize food operations for these childcare centers, and I use that word, that's the preferred word, but you may also know those as, you know, potentially some may call them daycares, but um, we refer to them as childcare centers. So if we were to centralize that and literally take that burden off of them, because that's truly what it is. It is a burden in many cases for them to prepare these meals. If we have one kitchen with a talented staff doing all those meals and sending them out every day, would that work? We spent two years strategizing, testing it, creating a feasibility report, traveling across the country. It's not a new concept, but it was new for West Virginia. So we had for and we had to make sure that this was sustainable. We had to do the business plan, make sure that it can we could, you know, this would be self-sustainable. And so that's what we did. We created it on paper and then we launched it live. And so we launched live two years ago and we're you we launched our first kitchen out of a kitchen at Milan Park in Morgantown. Um, the county commission built this incredible facility and they created a commercial, a very nice commercial kitchen in this facility. They were working on the kitchen, but didn't quite have a partner. And we were we knew exactly what we wanted to do, but couldn't find a kitchen. And we came together at the perfect time with the absolute perfect time. And we both opened up and launched at the same time. So we became their anchor tenant. They have other folks who use the kitchen, too. We just use it from a certain amount of time um, throughout the weekday. And so we have spent the last two years testing what we put on paper to make sure that it worked and it did and it actually grew beyond what we expected so we started out creating 80 meals a day serving just one child care center 
And now it has grown to where we're serving over 13 childcare centers in four counties, and it's over 1,100 meals a day. So it was a pretty massive growth in a short amount of time. It sounds, I mean, preparing the meals is one thing, but the logistics of getting food out to that many places, and, and also the food has to be out early because everybody, little kiddos eat at 11 a.m. So we've got a lot of food. We come in very early, make sure it all gets out. But again, staying true to our model, it's all from scratch and it's all using local ingredients, which is really important to and really, really important to us is being able to work with the local ingredients and making sure that these kids are getting a good, high quality food, high quality meals. So that's, that's what we've been testing for the last two years. Now in February, in just a couple of weeks, we're gonna launch the second Central Kitchen and that will be in Huntington. And then in about 18 months, then we'll be launching the third Central Kitchen, which we're excited about that. And that's gonna be more in your neck of the woods. So we have lots of exciting things and then a few other things in between. What's interesting with all of this, and I know we'll talk about this too a little bit more, Alex, but what we are finding through this process are a lot of gaps in the food system. And so that's where we're starting to branch off. So in addition to the hot meals, we're adding new lines of business because we're identifying these gaps that need to be filled so that we can start to create a more localized food system. If we are relying on products that are all come from outside of this state or country, we're putting ourselves in great risk. We've got to be able to pull this local food system and we owe it to our farmers to be able to make this work and figure this out. And so that's what we're starting to do. So we've been working on that model as well. How do we begin to work with all these local farmers sourcing it? How do we fund all of that? How do we build their potential so that they can create as much as we need? And so all of that is, is working kind of in tandem. And we have a lot of people, a lot of partners who are helping with this whole strategy. So it's not just us. There are many others involved, but it's, it's amazing. It's so fun to be able to create these small little food systems. Yeah. I, I tell you that this is fantastic. So this is, so being an entrepreneur myself, I love it when I see gaps being, being filled by innovative entrepreneurs like yourself. Uh, but, but, you know, and where we started, it's the impact. Like, what are the outcomes? What are you doing? You know, you can fill lots of gaps, but if it's not really creating an outcome in a community, um, what are you doing? You're just making money. You're just doing something else, but you guys are really making a difference. And that's just amazing. I think, I think you're right. Like it's, it's very tangible. It's very easy to say, how many meals we're producing, how many farmers. And because we, um, you know, we, we have this business background too, we're able to also quantify it. So, and we're using technology as well to help us. Um, we have that ability where, you know, we, I, I can now go to a farmer because now is about the time to start doing it and say, I know exactly that I need 30,000 pounds of Roma tomatoes to produce the, you know, what I need to get us through a year. Now we've got the data to be able to do that. And we can go to those farmers and they can start to intentionally now grow for what we need. That's been huge. Once now that we have that, then we can work with other businesses, other partners to be able to do the same thing and start to really pull in these local farmers. It's exciting. It's really fun. So it really is. I mean, so let's talk more about the community impact. And I want to talk about partners as well. But like, so... So what has been some of the impact you've seen, you know, whether, whether it's farmers or jobs created, what, what are you seeing around this business model? And it, it sounds fantastic. 
definitely more jobs created than I expected. Um, so at the kitchen right now for, for the North Central West Virginia kitchen, I mean, we're employing 15 people. We certainly didn't expect to employ that many when we created this original plan. I mean, we started with just four employees. So already 15 employees here. And as we continue to do these kitchens, we're going to see more and more of that. But that's just for the kitchen. So now we also have the farmers out there. So we have um, in Taylor County, for example, we are working with a greenhouse out there. So now we're seeing where we have the ability to add employees in the greenhouse who are intentionally growing um, and other places like that. So we, we love that we're able to create that opportunity to bring more jobs in, of course. Um, that's been really exciting. So yeah, I th and, and also there's the ability to boost the farmer's capacity, and that's more money in their pockets. I mean, it's really just a win-win for everyone. I mean, now they can bring on more chickens. They can raise more chickens because we want the eggs. I mean, we go through 50 dozen eggs, you know, a week. <laughs> yeah, eggs. we get a lot of eggs. Yeah. And and so, you know, not all, not all of the, our original partners, it took them a little while to be able to ramp up to that. Sure. And we're just one person. So so there's so many others out there who need that. And which was the gap that we found as we talk about this. So we started working with some of the school systems because the school systems also want to work with local farmers. But we are finding, as we talk about one of these gaps, I mean, one of the gaps that we are working to help to solve and to potentially fill is, you know, we have farm, let's just say, for example, we have, um, we have a school who is willing to purchase whatever they can of local produce. And we have a farmer who is willing to produce, you know, 10,000 pounds of butternut squash. Perfect. But the school doesn't have time to process the butternut squash. Right. That it's that middle part right there. That is the gap that we are working to fill. It's a processor. So what that's doing in our case is it's moving us into manufacturing. Um, we call, we're calling this craft manufacturing. It's smaller manufacturing. But how do we begin to create those small craft manufacturing centers across the state that are able to do this for schools, for hospitals, for senior centers? We've got to find a way to work with these products. Um, and so anyway, so that's what we're working on. Um, and, and there are some other products that we're working to, to solve in that same case, in that same way. You know, for example, we were working with the county school system and the county school system, um, we, we here in our kitchen try to preserve as much as we can in the summer that we can use throughout the year. We had good success doing that. So the a county school system said, we want to do the same thing. They said, if you can get, if you could source, if I could source for them corn, corn that they could serve with their, with all the schools in this county, they said, we'll buy whatever you have. And so I started to, for, you know, for what, within reason probably, but so I started to run the numbers because we have to meet certain guidelines. We're meeting them. They have to meet them. It was going to take 5,000 ears of corn to meet their requirements for just one day to get all those kids fed. 5,000 ears of corn. Who has time? I mean, who are you going to find that's going to be able to process that when you can go and get it through your purveyor, a, you know, a box of corn for $20. That's the challenge with the food system. And those are the, those are the decisions that we're having to make every day. You're having to choose between time and cost and, but sacrificing the being able to use local. 
So we're trying to fit, I shouldn't say fix it. We're just trying to figure it all out. The complexity of your operation, the, the, the solutions you're having to come up with to solve these gaps is really fascinating. I mean, you know, lots of business models have maybe one thing they're solving or a couple things they're solving. You literally are solving, you've, you've got alliances with farmers, you've got local growth happening, you've got obviously you've, you've partnerships with schools. Are you, it's just, it's fascinating. Are, are you running into challenges? And I, I'm completely ignorant to this, but I've only heard things, you hear things. Are you running into challenges in terms of what those requirements are in terms of nutritional requirements at schools or, or things? And, and are, are there legislation, you know, you have alliances elsewhere. Are you getting help um, there? Or are you needing help? Are you able to, to meet all of those in these programs? Yeah, we're getting creative. I mean, that was what that was what my personal commitment was, is that we aren't playing the cheap, crappy foods game. Not doing it. I mean, that's what got us into this mess. So we're going to find a new way. Nice. So it's just we're creating a parallel system until this old crappy system becomes obsolete. That's all that we can do. And so we're getting super creative with that. And that is, I mean, it, it's, it is tricky for sure. We have a number of partners who are helping us. Um, about seven years ago, I started also a nonprofit organization and it's called Project Healthy Kids. We started that organization. Um, it was actually at the suggestion of the Department of Education. I was starting to work with them a little bit and they were like, eh, it'd be a little bit easier to work with you if you were a nonprofit. So I went out and started a nonprofit and then it just sat there for a while. But now through all of this work, we have you know, had some wonderful partners um, who have helped to get this off the ground. And with the Benenum Foundation being the first one who really helped us to, um, to, to really help to build some of this infrastructure with the nonprofit. So we have a really wonderful, we have wonderful partners who are helping to make and start to figure all this out. they really, um, so yeah, so that's what's been working really well. You know, the challenges is we're just working in a very limited system. You know, they, the reimbursements for some of this food, which is what many of these folks are relying on to be able to fund their food program, it's so minimal. I mean, and, and it's so, and it's also in many cases income based, which I don't know. The whole the whole system is it is what it is. It's a system that we're playing in, but it's it's very limiting, very limiting, and it puts our it puts folks in a position of having to choose choose between cost or health. It's like that. This is what we've been battling for a generation, and so again. It, we're just taking that burden and we will make those decisions because we're choosing health, you know? Well, and I think for those, those that maybe don't understand the market, the, 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 the bodies are strewn all about in this business model. I mean, the fact that you've been able to put this together and, and have it sustaining and growing is just a testament to, to you and your company and the partners you've engaged. And, um, obviously, uh, you, you've got some, some, um, some good ideas, but you obviously got some great execution because mm -hmm. I think, you know, there are many who have tried this in different ways and it's hard. And I, I know I'm not I'm speaking to the preaching to the choir, as they say, uh, you're in there. I, 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 you know, you seem so adamant and I love your conviction on the quality side. Mm -hmm. And obviously there, there's something you, know, we've all heard the phrase farm to table. Why, why is that connection so important to you and so important mm -hmm. to your model? And I think you believe so important to the communities that you're serving. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, there are so many reasons for that. Um, I remember one time in the early healthy kids days, I would, I actually like took my, uh, my items for the week that I had purchased and I tallied up the mileage of where everything came that I had purchased for the week. And it was 
like the amount I could have like circled the planet like a, a number of times. Like it was so radical and, and ridiculous. The amount of miles that that food had to travel to get to my table, um, almost to the point where I felt bad about that, you know, and, and, and yet we have these farmers right in our back door who are working so hard and love what they're doing. I think that that's probably what makes us the most excited is the farmers love what they're doing and they, and you can feel that. I mean, that, that translates into what we receive from them. You can feel that energy. We appreciate it. We love it. Our energy of, of appreciation is also built into the food. And so it just, it's a, it's a whole different experience. And, and we want to be able to have that connection. It's also really important, you know, the partners that we are working with, we know that they are growing in an ethical way. I don't have to worry about pesticides or chemicals or wonder what's go going into the food. And it's so it's just a it's just bringing that big food system and just bringing it much more local. And um, yeah, I mean, what's not to love, I guess, about that. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So I'm sure the list is long, but I would love like through this journey, what, what are some things that you've just really learned? Maybe things you didn't expect, but things you've learned, whether it's about, about business or food or kids or our communities or, or what, what, what's some things you can share with listeners that I think might be interesting of lessons you've learned along the way? Well, you know, it's interesting. So I've been at this for, um, so again, I did 20 years in banking. So I did the whole business work, you know, that side of it. And which was incredibly helpful in this process to, to be able to have that business background um, and that finance background has been very helpful. Um, we started Healthy Kids and we were in startup mode for a long time. So I had that startup experience too. And we love that. I love that startup. And this is like, this is, this is me. That creator mode is really great. But I hit a part, um, a point probably about six years ago where I had, we had Healthy Kids Inc., we had a, the nonprofit, I had a business consulting firm, and I had another co a company called Start a Garden, which was a lovely story in and of itself, but it had four companies at the time. And all of, all of a sudden, I was like, holy cow, what's going on? What am I doing? And I just had like this moment where I just didn't know. I didn't know anymore, like exactly. And so at that same, it turned out to be about a two-year sabbatical of just this incredible, like spiritual awakening. Basically I was in the woods for two years. I mean, just reconnecting with what I was here to do and a much bigger purpose. So it's interesting to see this, I mean, still in startup mode, I mean, still doing all the same stuff, but with a different perspective, that to me has been the most fun and the most powerful is it's like, I have a whole new toolbox, but it's, I can't even really explain it. It just is, it's like having the whole universe on your side, you know, it's a strange thing and it's so magical um, because every day, so things, little things that I've had to learn is, you know, if I'm really going to kind of let this be a, if the universe is on my side, that means the timeline is not my timeline anymore. I've just got to let things naturally unfold. And that seems to be how things are going. If I don't force timelines, which is tricky, especially because we work with a lot of partners and grants and timelines. Um, it's this, it, it definitely is tough, but if I will not force timelines too much, everything just effortlessly works out. The right people come into our life. You know, we were launching this Huntington kitchen. I really had no idea who we would even staff that with. And then all of a sudden 
it's like an, an email popped up from a friend in the area said, Hey, I may have two people who might be looking for a position. We hired them both. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the weird, like that type of stuff, the synchronicities are just so fun to watch. And um, so now, whereas I would have really forced and efforted things a lot before, now I just have to get into the flow, which sounds a little woo-woo, but that's what's working. I mean, that's how we're able to just do so much right now. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's really, it's pretty fun, really. That That's a great lesson. And I'd like to say I've learned it once and good for all, but I learn it continually because as you force and force and force, and then you get, you get exhausted and you can sit back and you finally go, ah. Yeah. Then it happens, you know, oftentimes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that. It's a great lesson. So, so man, you, gosh, you've covered so much ground. You're doing so many great things. I, I, I'm almost hesitant to ask, but, but like, what's next? <laughs> you know, you mentioned oh, yeah, yeah. you've got, you've got the kitchen coming in Huntington. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm loving that, that you've got plans here in, in Taylor County. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's next on your horizon? Okay. So we definitely have those three. So we have physical kitchens coming up. In addition, we'll be launching what we are calling this craft manufacturing. Um, that is, that's, this is a new, um, this, this is very new for us because it takes us into um, a whole different space. So now that we're talking manufacturing, we're talking things like state health department, FDA inspections, USDA inspections. So we're going through that whole process right now, getting all of our infrastructure in place so that that is all where it needs to be. So that said, we are launching a couple of things in, the, um, in 2024. One is going to be the launch of a frozen meals line. It's important to us. There's a number of reasons that we want to do that. Um, frozen meals versus even um, like fresh, ready to eat meals. Frozen will give us a longer shelf life, which is what we need. If we need to hit these remote areas and these food deserts, we need for this, you know, at least we will have a six month opportunity then to be able to get food and and get it where it needs to be because transportation and logistics is tricky in West Virginia in and of itself. So a frozen meal line um, is going to give us a lot of opportunity to serve people um, throughout the state. So that's coming up in the next couple of months. We'll start piloting that. Um, we've been doing some small pilots, but we'll be starting to pilot that probably around the second quarter of this year. Um, we'll also be working on medically tailored meals, but all of those meals though, We'll stay true to our mission, which is from scratch using locally grown foods. So we'll be working with those farmers who want to join in with us because not only do we have to meet all of those guidelines, but the farmers also have to meet the guidelines. So we have to make sure the farmers have all the documentation that they're following all that needs to happen because there is more risk involved in that. So we're managing all of that process. And, and so there is a, um, there'll be an opportunity to really start to build up those farmers in new ways for new lines of business that maybe they haven't worked in before too. So that's exciting to us. Um, so we've got that coming up this year. Going on down the road a little bit, I would say this is probably going to be, I, here I am with the timeline. I've got to watch this because I, <laughs> I had this timeline a little further down the road and would you believe it came up a little bit? So um, we are working on a liquid egg product, um, and that's going to be coming out. And we're so excited. You know, Alex, that's one of those gaps again that we saw. And so the quick story of that is that, again, we were working with some of the schools and 
the schools aren't able to, many, some of the schools aren't able to use local eggs. Well, they could use local eggs, but the issue is, is that they don't really have time to crack all the eggs. So many schools use a liquid egg product that you can get. Well, they're, but that's not using local eggs. So that's, we said, okay, well, we can create a local liquid egg product. We're just naive enough to think that we can do this. That's all. That's all of this. That, that should be the second lesson. That's the second lesson. You just have to be naive enough to think that you can do it. If I really knew all the details, there's no way we would have done it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we started down that path as an idea. And then all of a sudden, um, and we started re researching some equipment and talking to some other um equipment providers. And then all of a sudden, um, one of our egg, um, one of our egg contacts out of Florida called and said, Hey, we have an opportunity to get some equipment. Um, one of the largest egg manufacturers in the country is upgrading their egg line. They make a liquid egg product and we had an opportunity to buy their equipment line. And so that's what we're doing right now. Um, and so we are working on that and those next steps. So I thought that project was a ways down the road, um, but I don't know. I mean, we're going to, um, that that's coming. We're going to start to at least um, build the infrastructure and lay the groundwork for that, but that will be forthcoming too. And we are super excited about all that. And, and don't you all have a, a, a service for families as well, a subscription service? Yeah, we do. When we first started Healthy Kids Inc., that's what we created. Um, we wanted to create a, a solution for families that, you know, kind of made the whole process super simple. So we worked with a dietitian, we worked with a chef, um, and then myself. So I was the busy mother, chef, dietitian, and we created, you know, an entire year's worth of meals. And then we brought the chef into our house and we filmed him making all of those meals. It was really fun. It, um, it took us a whole year to do that. It took us a year to, to build it all for my husband to do all the video work and to create all of that. It was really fun. But yeah, so we still now offer that as a service on the website too. Wow. Okay. So if I'm a farmer right now listening or watching, or I'm a family, or I'm uh, maybe I run a daycare center or any facility that I, I'm, I'm interested in what you're doing, yes. how, do, how do they get a hold of you? How, how do they reach out? Follow us on Facebook, of course. So it's Healthy Kids Inc. Healthy Kids Inc. Healthy Kids Inc. Um, website is healthykidsinc.com. And then my email is Mandy, M A N D Y, at healthykidsinc.com. Awesome. So yes, so yes, well, I'm in this got, area though. I love it, and um, you know, I've I've been in West Virginia my whole life. I never left, and um, it's just, it's, it, I can't think of a better place to do all of this. Quite frankly, well, that is so. That's a question I'd love to have you. I will say, if you go on your social media, be careful because I saw those sliders and I saw that before lunch, and it yeah. really gave me. I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm Jonesing a little, but no, uh, <laughs> I kid. But it, they I did look it. great. Um, so, but you mentioned the area. I, I this I love this question for people, and I'm gonna love. I can't wait for your answer. You know, there we we continually hear from the national media, or even sometimes within our own communities, how terrible our communities are, and what we lack, and how we're shortcomings, and all these kind of things. But there are advantages, there are true strengths, there are superpowers, if you will, in these communities. And I would love to hear what you've found, what, what strength you could draw from, from, from your community. Oh, for sure. I think we're the best kept secret. And I, I mean, I love everything about doing business you know, in this state. What I love, I should say maybe I, what I mostly love is the networking within this state. Um, to me, that's the most powerful part. I mean, your own, you know, you're, as they say, like one degree away or, you know, two degrees away from any possible contact 
that you may need um, and or that you want may want to connect with. And so I feel like we have created some, some really great networking within this state um, re- as a state as a whole in our local regions. So it's um, I don't know. And then and I just feel like there's so much support. I mean, everyone's rooting for this now. When we started this work, you know, we started this work around the time that Jamie Oliver came to town. If you remember that in Huntington, oh, yeah, 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 same time. And I, I don't know if you remember like how much resistance there was then. Oh yeah, there was a lot. Like nobody wanted to talk about this. Um, everyone was very just kind of kept it close. Didn't want to you know work together at all. And that was right when we started this too. And we felt the same. We had the same roadblocks too. Um, people not really wanting to work together. The space is entirely different now. I feel like everyone is coming together. You know, Department of Ag, we have great relationships with the Department of Education, um, state, all of our, you know, uh, private foundations, funders, nonprofits, West Virginia Food and Farm Coalition, who is a really great partner of ours, um, the colleges, like it's just like everyone is now starting to work together. What a, we have really come a long way. And it just makes it so much easier, you know, when everybody starts working together and rooting each other on, that's what this is all about. And I feel like that's what's going to help us to really move the needle. We have not really been able to move the needle at all, but I feel like this is going to be the start. And I don't know about this. I just feel like there is momentum statewide right now um, for whatever ideas are coming in this food and ag space. I feel like now there's some really great things that are unfolding. Boy, that's that's great to hear, uh, Manny. This has been a blast. I, I love Thank what you're you. doing. I'm so excited to see it progress. Um, and I, you know, this this program, we, the, what's customary, we give you the last word. I mean, what is it you'd like to tell the folks listening at home? Thank you. I mean, thank you for for this opportunity and just for not giving up on you know not giving up on food, on people, on farmers, because I really feel like we are going to create a new system. Um, I don't know that we know what this system is going to look like quite yet, but it is going to be the new system. So if you are a young farmer, a local farmer, no one, or an entrepreneur, whatever it might be, like now is the time. It's a really, really unique time to be able to put some new energy out there into this space that really desperately needs it. That's awesome. Mandy Curry, co-founder of Healthy Kids, Inc. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Maybe we'll bring yes. you back on in the future, talk, have a progress update or something. But uh, thank you so much and good luck with everything you're doing. Appreciate you. Thank you, Alex. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.